Many people have ideas about what they have to do to get to heaven someday. Some people think they have to keep all of the Ten Commandments. Some people think they have to do a lot of good things. Some people think they have to pray a certain way or give a lot of money to the poor people. But does God say that? What does God say you have to do to get to heaven? Let's see what the Bible says in our memory verse today. Romans 10, 9. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Romans 10, 9. Remember, thou is a word for you. So our memory verse today is found in Romans. Romans is one of the books in the New Testament. Now it comes right after the book of Acts. And there was one of the men that God told to write the Bible. His name was Paul. He wrote the book of Romans. Now I've told you before that the book of Romans is a letter to the people who believed in Jesus in the place called Rome. The citizens of that place were called Romans. And so that's why this book is called Romans, because it was written to those people. And we can find this verse in Romans chapter 10, verse 9. And it says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Romans 10, 9. So what does this verse mean? That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus. To confess is to say what you believe. Confess or say that Jesus is truly God the Son and believe. The verse says, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead. Well, when you say that Jesus is God the Son, you must know that in your heart. You must believe that Jesus died on the cross for your sin and that he came alive again. Just like this verse says, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead. Shalt believe. You are to believe in your heart that God has raised him. That's Jesus. Raised Jesus from the dead. You must believe Jesus died on the cross for your sin and came alive again. If you confess that Jesus is truly God the Son, and if you believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, then what? You will be saved. Thou shalt be saved. If you say and you truly believe that Jesus, God the Son, died and rose again for your sin, you will be saved. And saved from what? From the punishment you deserve for your sin. So that verse again is Romans 10, 9. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Romans 10, 9. Have you been saved from the punishment for your sin? Do you know for sure that you'll go to heaven someday? Don't put that decision off any longer. It's very important to make sure you have that settled and that you know for sure that you'll be going to heaven someday. And if you have already believed on Jesus as your Savior, God says you are saved. And someday he'll take you to heaven. He is your heavenly Father. He knows what's best. Will you listen to God? Will you obey God? Believing on Jesus is the only way to get to heaven. 
Romans 10:9, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Romans 10:9, the only way to go to heaven to be with God and to have everlasting life is to believe in Jesus. Just like this verse reminds us, believe in your heart that God hath raised him, that's Jesus, from the dead. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is truly the Son of God, and you believe in your heart that God has raised Jesus from the dead, you shall be saved from the punishment of your sin. And that's a wonderful, wonderful thing. Romans 10, 9, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Romans 10, 9. If you only had one more chance to say something encouraging to your family or friends, what would you say? You might say things like, I love you. You might say things like, you matter to me. You are important in my life. Well, that same situation. Moses was in that situation. Forty years of wandering in the desert were over, and he knew his days on earth would soon end. In other words... He knew he was going to die soon. He would not be going with the Israelites into Canaan. Because, remember, God had told him that after he decided to strike or hit the rock instead of speaking to it like God told him to. So how could he say goodbye to these Israelites? What final words of encouragement could he leave with them? And as he thought back over his life, he must have been amazed at all he had learned about God. He learned about God's care and God's protection. And he learned about God's guiding him to all these different places. He learned about God's power. He learned about God's holiness when he went to Mount Sinai to get the Ten Commandments. And over the past 40 years, Moses must have been amazed at God's patience and that God continued to provide even when the Israelites complained and grumbled over and over again. And more than once, Moses had prayed that God would spare the lives of the Israelites when they disobeyed. Well, now God told Moses that he was to climb another mountain called Mount Nebo, N-E-B-O, and there Moses' life would end. Moses was 120 years old. He had come to accept the disappointment that he would not get to go into Canaan, the promised land. But he was concerned that the people had no one to lead them. So Moses asked God to choose a new leader. And God told Moses, take Joshua before Eliezer and all the people and tell him, God has chosen you to lead the people. 
When the Israelites hear you, they will obey Joshua. What a fine leader Joshua must have been. Do you remember when we first learned about Joshua? We learned about him as he waited on the mountain as Moses went up to get the Ten Commandments from God. And we also learned that Joshua was one of the spies that went into Canaan, and he and Caleb were the only two that gave a good report, while the other ten spies, they gave a bad report they did not believe. Moses gathered the people together. He brought Joshua before them, and Moses must have felt sad. He knew this would be the last time he would look at the Israelites. He would be with them. He loved these people, but he knew they were easily tempted to disobey God. And Moses gave them some final words of encouragement. He told them, be strong, be courageous. Don't be afraid of your enemies because the Lord your God will go with you. He will not fail you. And Moses instructed Eliezer and the other spiritual leaders to read God's word to the people regularly, to read God's word to the men, the women, the children. And Moses told them to obey God and to listen to him. And remember that Eliezer was Aaron's son, the new spiritual leader. And if you know Jesus as your Savior, God wants you to do the same thing that Moses told the Israelites to do. That is, listen to God and obey him. God speaks to you through his word, the Bible. And as you read the Bible, you'll find out what God wants you to think, what God wants you to say, and what he wants you to do. But God wants you to do more than just read the Bible and memorize it. He wants you to obey it. He says to those who believe in him, Be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. Now, if you just read the words of the Bible, or you hear them, but you don't obey, you're only fooling yourself. You're not really pleasing God. That's what this verse means. Be ye doers of the word. That means obey the Bible. And not hearers only deceiving your own selves. So God wants you to be a doer of the Bible, to obey it, not just to hear it. If you hear it and you don't obey, you're only fooling yourself. You're not really pleasing God. But what are some commands God gives his children to obey? You are to be kind to others in your words and actions. You are to be honest in all you do. You are to tell others how they can know the Lord Jesus as their Savior. And these are just a few of the many things God tells us. So don't be just a hearer of God's word. Be a doer. Obey it. And in that way, you'll be listening to God and obeying him. And Moses told the people, listen to God and obey. He warned them that if they refused to do so, God would not give them victory in the land of Canaan, and they would be overcome by their enemies if they did not obey God. So after speaking to the people for the last time, Moses turned and he began to climb up Mount Nebo. And at the top of the mountain, God showed Moses the wonderful land of Canaan. God allowed Moses to see the land. Moses didn't go into it because God didn't allow him to go into Canaan. But from the top of the mountain, Moses could see the promised land. And then the Bible says that Moses died on Mount Nebo, and God buried him there. 
No one but God knows where Moses was buried. Maybe if the Israelites had known where he was buried, maybe they would have worshipped Moses at his grave. We don't know exactly the reason why God buried Moses, but that is what happened. And after many years went by, there were three men who thought about worshipping Moses. Now it happened 1,400 years after Moses lived on earth. That's a long time. The time had finally come for God to send the Savior to pay for sin. And that Savior is Jesus. Jesus was born as a baby. He lived a perfect life. And when he grew to be a man, he taught people about his Father in heaven. He did miracles, which are things that only God can do. And he could do that because Jesus was 100% a man, but he also was 100% God. Now the Lord Jesus called 12 men to be his disciples or his followers. And those men traveled with him. They learned from him. And Jesus told him that he would be given over to his enemies and he would be put to death, but he would rise again on the third day. But the disciples, they didn't understand. They were afraid to think that Jesus would leave them. Well, soon after their talk, the Lord Jesus invited three of his disciples named Peter, James, and John to go with him to the top of a high mountain. And as they were going up to the mountain, there may have been questions in their minds about who Jesus was and why he had come to earth. And as they reached the top of the mountain, it must have been so wonderful to see the view from the top of the mountain. But what happened next was even more special. The Lord Jesus began to pray to his father, as he often did. And Peter, James, and John, they were sleepy, and they began to fall asleep. And as Jesus prayed, something incredible happened. There was a great change that took place. The Bible says that Jesus was transfigured. That means he was changed or that he was transformed. His face shone like the sun and his clothes became white and glistening like sparkling. What was happening to Jesus? The brightness of his glory as God the sun, the glory that was his in heaven, was shining through his earthly body. You see, Jesus is not just a man. Jesus is the Christ, the son of the living God. And God the Father sent his Son from his home in heaven to come to earth and take on a human body. Now, why did God send his Son into the world? Because he loves you and me. God is holy. He knows about your sin, but he still loves you. And he wants you to know and to love him. And he promised to send someone to save you from your sin. And that someone is Jesus. The Bible tells us that Jesus, being in the form of God came in the likeness of men. So Jesus is God, but he was also a man. Jesus lived on earth as the perfect man, but Jesus is not just a man. He is also the Christ, the son of the living God. And it was the brightness of his glory as God, the son that was shining through his earthly body as he prayed. Wow. It must have been amazing. His glory was so brilliant that his face glowed like the sun, and beams of light made his clothes white and sparkling. Suddenly, another thing took place. Two other men appeared, 
and they spoke with Jesus. One of them was Elijah. And if you don't know about Elijah, I'm going to tell you about him later on. And the other person was Moses. Now Moses and Elijah, they had both died many years before, but now they were here. They were here beside the Lord Jesus on this mountain in the land of Canaan or the promised land. And as the Lord Jesus stood there with Moses and Elijah, the Bible says that these three talked together. Now, what do you think they talked about? Did they talk about the amazing things that happened when Moses lived on the earth? No, they had something even more important to talk about. They talked about the most important event that would ever take place on earth. They talked about how Jesus would soon die on a cross. The Lord Jesus is the Savior who came to die for the sins of the world. And Jesus came to die for your sins too. That's the reason he came. You're born with a sinful heart. The things that you think, say, and do that break God's laws, those are sin. And the Bible says, we have turned everyone to his own way. Now, what are some things you do that are sin? Maybe you lie, cheat, fight, disobey. All of those things are sin. There's lots of other examples too. And that sin has to be punished. The punishment is separation from God forever in a terrible place of punishment. But Jesus came and he came to take the punishment for your sin. And the Lord Jesus was perfect. He had no sin in himself. The Bible says he knew no sin. So it means he's perfect. The Bible also says that Jesus suffered and died on the cross. And when he did that, God placed all of your sin on him. The Bible says Christ died for our sins. The Lord Jesus was willing to bleed and die for your sins because he loves you so much. He knew this was the only way your sin could be forgiven. And Jesus' dead body was taken from the cross. It was buried, but he did not stay dead. He came alive three days later, and he was seen on earth by many people. And later he went back to heaven to be with his father, God. And you can know for sure that Jesus is the Christ, the son of the living God. He is the one who came to die for your sin. And the Lord Jesus is the Savior who came to die for the sin of the world. Moses and Elijah were talking with Jesus about his soon coming death on the cross. And then the three disciples, Peter, James, and John, they woke up from their sleep. They must have rubbed their eyes and they saw that this this was going on and that Jesus was there with Moses and Elijah. And they didn't know what it meant. And one of the disciples named Peter spoke up and he said to Jesus, it's good for us to be here. Let us make three tents, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. Now, as Peter was speaking, the Bible says that a cloud came and overshadowed them. And as the cloud completely surrounded them, they heard the voice of God, the Father, speaking. And God said, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Hear him. God wanted the disciples to know Jesus is not just a man like Moses and Elijah. Jesus is God the Son, the one they should listen to and the one they should obey. So when the disciples heard the voice of God, they fell to the ground. They were afraid. But Jesus touched them and he said, Get up, don't be afraid. And the frightened disciples looked up. The cloud had disappeared. Moses and Elijah were gone. 
And as they left the mountain, Jesus told the disciples, Peter, James, and John, Don't tell anyone what you have seen, until I have risen from the dead. Jesus knew many people would not understand. Only after he was raised from the dead by God's power would some be ready to believe that he is truly the Son of God. Well, even though that event happened hundreds of years after Moses lived and died, It's a wonderful ending to Moses' story, isn't it? Moses, he had lived his life, and he was listening to God and obeying God, at least most of the time. What a privilege for Moses. Now he had that opportunity years after he had died, and he had been able to meet with Jesus right in the promised land of Canaan. Wow. Remember that Jesus is the Christ the Son of the living God. And maybe today is the first time you have understood that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. He died on the cross and came alive for you. The Bible says Jesus is the only one who can take away your sin and give you a new life. The Bible says, If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. And that's our memory verse for today, Romans 10, 9. Yes, if you confess, if you confess, that means to say, to truly say, to truly believe that Jesus is God the Son, and you believe in your heart that God has raised Jesus from the dead, then you will be saved from your sin's punishment. Will you be saved today? Will you believe Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God? Will you believe Jesus died for your sin and rose again? He'll forgive your sin. He'll give you a new life on the inside if you believe in him. It's the most important decision you or anyone else in the world could ever make is to believe on Jesus. If you're ready to do that, you can tell him something like this and truly mean it. Dear Jesus, I have sinned and I am sorry. I believe you died and rose again. I believe you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Please forgive my sin and change me on the inside to live your way. In Jesus' name, amen. If you would like to read about this lesson from the Bible, you can find it in Numbers chapter 27 verses 12 to 23, Deuteronomy, which is the fifth book in the Old Testament, chapter 31, verses 1 through 8, and Matthew, which is the first book in the New Testament, chapter 17, verses 1 through 9. Again, that's Numbers 27, verses 12 to 23, Deuteronomy 31, verses 1 through 8, and Matthew chapter 17, verses 1 through 9. Well, that's all for this time. I'll see you next time. Bye.